Yo, welcome back to the Cashing Points live stream. We're here to talk some DFS. It's week four. I'm with my guys, Scott Barrett and John Proctor. Ben Kukanis is always behind the glass. And yeah, boys, it's week four. We're already a month through the season. Uh, Scott, Johnny, how's it going, guys? What's up? What up? Let's party. I'm ready, man. Hey, uh, actually, real quick, Johnny, did you want to... Uh, talk about your thoughts on the Tua situation because uh, I thought you were really plugged in there and, and had some uh, unique words to add to the conversation. Yeah, I just think that I think it was pretty clear that he was concussed on Sunday previously. And uh, people don't seem to understand that concussion symptoms aren't really like a thing that just sort of like you have it, you feel better. Um, it's like a lingering thing while your brain repairs itself. And while the brain's repairing itself, if you suffer another concussion, they call it second impact syndrome, which can lead to brain bleeds and can can kill you. Um, so that's why the concussion protocol is supposed to be in place to make sure that a player doesn't go back onto the field before the initial concussion has recovered. And so I think it's uh, it wasn't that big of a hit to the back of his head on, on Thursday. Uh, and for that to do what it did to him, uh, I think it's pretty obvious he had second impact syndrome. So I think we will see for the rest of the year. Uh, guys will not be returning to games uh, pretty much at all um, if there's a head injury. And I think we'll probably see a lot more personal injury, uh, you know, personal foul calls, at least in the short term, because clearly er some errors uh, in play here. I mean, it wasn't just that, too. It was also T. Higgins concussed. And then took that huge shot when he might have come back a little too soon. That that scared the crap out of me. Yeah, yeah. Higgins is definitely a risk to you know another another headshot this year to you know miss multiple weeks or you know end his season. Yeah. I mean, the flip side of all of this is Tua probably pushed to play, like knowing his personality. But at the end of the day, it's like on the Dolphins to take care of their guys, and they clearly didn't. So. That's the reality of the situation, but yeah. Um, yeah, man, it's probably going to be a multi-week thing with two at this point. Um, that's where we're at, but um, you guys want to talk the slate here? Get it going? Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's do well, it. Let's talk some less depressing stuff. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. On, a, on a brighter note, first game we're going to talk about is Bill's Ravens, best game of the week. I uh, thought we'd get us started with that. Bills are three-point favorites. Over-under is 51-and-a-half. Um, obviously, we're waiting on a, a couple of big Bills defensive, defensive injury news, uh, especially along their, their offensive line. They could get Jordan Phillips and Ed Oliver back, but they both have not practiced this week. Uh, obviously, safety Micah Hyde is on IR. Uh, on the flip side, Ravens side, good news for them. Like Left tackle Ronnie Stanley might be back this week, and that's like humongous for them. Uh, especially as they take on this pass rush here. Uh, Proctor, I'll kick it to you, man. Like this, this slate is ugly from just a projected total perspective. This is the only game with a total over 50. And I think it's the only game with a total over 47 and a half right now. I think that Lions Seahawks total might come down a little bit with uh, Amon Ron Swift gone. But yeah, man, what are your thoughts in general on this game? Um, I mean, it's, it's one of the key games we, we got to try and get right. Um, and especially after last week, you know, I think people are going to be clamoring to pay, play some bills and some Ravens here. Yeah, I think it's clearly 
best game of the week. I think the you know Bills game was the best game of the week last week too. Uh, got a little derailed with the tour injury and just being a weird game. Um, that was one of the, literally one of the weirdest games in NFL history. Like teams that run fewer than forty plays don't win. Like it was just the Dolphins ran thirty nine <laughs> plays and they won. It's just super weird. Yeah, and you know Edmonds, you know being the two two touchdowns for Miami being you know mucking things up too. But I think um, clear paths to where production is going to come from this week. Uh, it also looks like Kumaro will not play. And it looks like Gabe Davis is probably doubtful. Um, I think he, I think he's going to play. Uh, he didn't practice yesterday, and they were saying they hoped that he would practice today. Yeah, he got in limited. I saw, and uh, one, of was, beats, one of the one of the limited asked, today. Yeah, that's what I saw. I just uh, yeah. So the he said okay. So Gabe Davis says he's going to play. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah, he practiced limited today. He's questionable. So I think he's trending towards playing. And I think they just like were playing it real safe with him yesterday, not practicing. But that's just pure speculation. I really don't know. But yeah, it's my lean. Because he aggravated the, the ankle in practice this week. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Either, either way, um, I think... Um, <clears throat> You know, we know it's going to be Diggs, it's going to be McKenzie, it's going to be Gabe if he's out there, and obviously uh, Singletary, who had just a massive role last week, and I think will kind of continue to trend that way because their other running backs stink. Yeah. Um, yeah, McKenzie's a little juiced up on DK fifty one hundred, but. He's really their only, like, even though he's splitting routes with Crowder, Scott, like, he's, like, the only dude who's actually producing. Who is that? McKenzie. Uh, I mean, he has a perfect matchup this week. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Fuller's out. Uh, his backup has been, like, the worst slot corner in football this year. Um, he was only at, like, 50% of the snaps. He also had that boneheaded play, which arguably cost the team the game. Um, but I mean, you know, he was getting peppered with targets. He had a big day. Uh, so I think he's a good play. Um, Stefan Diggs is arguably the best play of the slate. I might like Mark Andrews more, but I, I think those are probably the two best plays of the slate. Um, especially with a gimpy Gabe Davis. Uh, you have the, the matchup for Devin Singletary. If he gets that, uh, scat back role he got last week with like what what was it like 14 targets uh, we saw you know the Jets give their running backs a combined like 22 targets in this matchup they're giving a lot to running backs through the air but not through the ground and so um, how mega chalk is Allen going to be how mega chalk is Lamar going to be is it going to be possible Lamar goes under owned um, so that would be question one question two is if you're looking to gain leverage off of Stefan Diggs, what is the play? Is it, is it McKenzie? Yeah. I mean, I think your, your biggest leverage is probably Knox. If he ever does anything again, I mean, he's, a, he's um, at like 
50 percent of the rounds yeah yeah he's, and he's not getting targets either because he was you know part-time player last year but at least he was getting decent targets yeah it's just we're gonna we're gonna have that game where he scores two touchdowns on three targets you know that's gonna happen but you know it's i think Knox is a guy i'd only play if i was playing josh allen like he's not a guy i would ever play without allen um but i mean otherwise i mean Diggs is obviously the the best play especially with with davis injured um i mean i guess you can play davis but i I have a hard time. I feel like Davis, if he keeps just playing, is just going to be like a bit of a lost start to the season. Yeah. I was talking to uh, Edwin on our podcast a little bit ago, and Davis has dealt with this ankle. Like he's had three ankle injuries in the last three years, and he's not played well at all through all three of them. So, yeah, I'm kind of with you on on Gabe. Um, the, the good news, though, this Ravens secondary, man, they're giving up a ton of production deep second highest completion rate on, on throws of 15 or more air yards. So Davis can still get there on one play, but yeah, probably just uh, means more digs. Um, Scott, you had a great tweet earlier today about, um, you know, the percentage of lineups that have had Mark Andrews or Travis Kelsey. We don't have Kelsey on the slate, but we do have Andrews. Um, I, I mean, what's, I mean, is it the same strategy as always? You just play Andrews or just completely punt? Um, what, what are you seeing at tight end this week and more broadly on Andrews? Yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's kind of where I stand is for, for GPPs. I think you, you pay all the way up for an oligarch or you sort of pay all the way down. I think, uh, you know, last week I went like 70% Andrews, 30% punts. And I, I think that's what I'm going to do again this week. I actually do like a few cheaper tight ends, but uh, yeah, 70% Andrews and GPPs. And I'm going to lock him in for cash. So, so that's, that's how I'm viewing it. I mean, uh, Poyer's out. The other safety is questionable. It's just like a great spot. Um, yeah. he, he leads all players in target share. Dude, he's, you know, it, he's second and first read target share behind only cup. I mean, that's insane. Four yeah. He, al- he also averages 23.4 fantasy points per game over his last eight games. I think that was closer to Cooper cup than it was to just about any other wide receiver. So it's like, you know, uh, 93% Cooper cup with a tight end designation. This, this feels easy to me. And I looked at like all the other sites, like all the other sites have them as like the seventh best tight end value. And it's like, nah, I'm locking him in for cash. And I'm going to be overweight for, for tournaments. He'll be, he'll be chalky for sure. But like, yeah, uh, I will say way more. it's a little tougher on FanDuel because he's 8,400. And then the rest of the tight end pool starts at 65, but on DK, like 7,100 is mid range wide receiver well it's like mid-range wide receiver one but i think it'll be him and him and hawk will end up being the two highest owned i think i don't like hawk but it's just because everyone's dead yeah Yeah, no i get it but i mean he's averaging like 25 yards per game i I like njoku significantly more um maybe i think i think the one one thing to talk about that's really interesting with this game is like i think i think as the season continues to trend we're gonna see the highest concentrated ownership on quarterbacks that we've ever seen uh, in DFS history. And I think um, like Allen, Lamar, uh, Hertz are going to be, you know, 40% combined owned probably every week going forward uh, in some degree, especially on FanDuel where it's just easier to play these guys. Um, 
so you you really have to make the decision of you know if you're not playing one of those three and two of them are in this game um you know what you do yeah it's funny you it's funny you bring this up because i literally just wrote in my uh my column this morning saying this is like the worst week I can remember early in the year for quarterbacks. Cause you're right. There's three plays that have 30 point ceilings. Then everybody else is like 22, 23 ceiling. Um, yep. So, I mean, especially on FanDuel, um, where you can kind of always do what you want to do, do whatever you want to do. I think you're right. I mean, you're going to see, I mean, early ownership projections have Hertz at 20 Allen at 20 and Lamar at like 15 on FanDuel. I think, yep. uh, Man, it might get even higher than that. Yeah, um, it's crazy. Yeah. Weird slate. This is a really weird slate. Um, any other thoughts on this game? I mean, I think it's the most important game to talk about because the next one is a piece of shit. Um, I do. Well, I guess the one guy, um, I think Dobbins is kind of like an interesting play if we expect him to – like ramp up as the season goes on. Like, is this the week that he gets a lot more work? And I think he's probably your leverage on Lamar. Cause really the way that Lamar fails is, you know, Dobbins has a huge game and they get back to running the ball because with the, the, you know, the bums they had to start the season, they just, they pretty much abandoned running it and let Lamar do Lamar things. Yeah. I mean, the only thing against that is the bills run defense was great last week, even without Oliver and Jordan Phillips. So I mean, this could be just another spot where they just keep chucking. But, yeah. Um, all right, we'll keep it moving. Piece of shit game. Bears-Giants. Uh, I know everybody's super excited to hear us talk through this one. Giants are three-and-a-half-point favorites. Over-unders, 39-and-a-half. Uh, shocking. Giants aren't going to have Kadarius Tony or Wandell Robinson in this spot. Uh, so we're going to see Richie James and David Sills and uh, just grossness. Really, the, the plays here are Khalil Herbert and Saquon Scott. Yeah, I mean, I think there's there could be three cash game locks. For the Wait, team. is it Cole Komet? <laughs> no, no, dude. Ew. I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, yeah, so I think uh, the two best running back plays in the slate, one is Khalil Herbert. Uh, you know, maybe he doesn't get like a full-on bell cow workload. Maybe Tristan Ebner gets like 30% of the snaps. I don't think it really matters. They're just so insanely massively run heavy. And more importantly, Khalil Herbert looks awesome in this scheme. He ranks second in yards per carry, second in yards after contact per attempt. The Giants are giving up the second most yards per carry to opposing running backs. Uh, just an obscene value. Saquon Barkley, too. Like, I ran the DFS supermodel. I'm like, there are things that go into it that, like, make me think this isn't exactly correct. But it says he's mispriced by like $1,400 on draftings is like far and away the top value. I like Herbert a little bit more, but like I, I do think he's the number two or a worst case or uh, number three running back value on a week without a lot of running back value. So like my cash pool is just three running backs and two of them are from this game. Uh, the other player I think is interesting is Richie James uh, in a perfect matchup. No Sterling Shepard. Uh, he ranks, you know, top 25 in targets per route run, top 25 in yards per route run, target share, yardage share. And that was when he was running only like 60% of the routes. And now he's going to be 100%. And again, this is like a perfect matchup. Uh, Chicago slot cornerback is arguably the worst slot cornerback in football. Uh, Davis Sills, David Sills, David, yeah, is, is vaguely in play. Not really about it. I also think you can 
if if Richie James is going to be like all the optimizers are going to have him. I, I think there's a lot of other interesting cheap punt wide receivers to move off of him. But for cash, he, he, he might be the guy. You're not going to play Kenny Galladay, bro? <laughs> No, David. I will. David Sills was uh like um Daniel Jones's roommate for a little while, like oh, like, his, like apartment neighbor or something like that during uh one of the training camps. I guess it was last year. Um, if you if you really want to, you know, say there's some, you know, find an argument to play him. He's not good. Um, he's like that guy who got by in college by like working really really hard. Um, he's just like not super talented. Um, I think, you know, Richie is obviously <clears throat> the play and he's, you know, we can at least say he has a little bit of talent. Um, he once had a 36.4 fantasy point performance. Yeah. And yeah. He's not talented, but he's better than Kenny Galladay and Kenny Galladay is worth <laughs> 20, right. $75 million. Charlie. Yeah. Where's yeah. Richie James? He's, he's worth a billion in my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Richie James was part of us. Uh, it was when San Francisco had like every player in the NFL with two colored hair. That was that was uh, when he had his forty point game. Yeah. yeah, I think one thing though, like Scott, you were saying, you know, playing Saquon and, and Khalil Herbert together in, in smaller fields, horrible tournament correlation to play these two guys together, especially with what this game is going to be. Um, like neither team is going to win by twenty, um, so we're not going to see either of them get like twelve targets or or whatever. This is going to just be a slow grind out game, and. Um, I think one thing that I play that I really like doing is playing Saquon with Giants defense mm-hmm. and not playing Cleo Herbert um, on some tournament teams. Yeah, I mean, just, you know, obviously Fields has been devastatingly bad this year, but I mean, even dating back to last year, Bears games have been terrible with him under center. I actually went back and looked in his 13 starts, the unders hit nine times uh, with Fields under center. I mean, this game's 39 and a half. Um, I mean, and honestly, I lean towards the under pretty heavily. Um, yeah. Scott, your point about Richie James, I just went through all of like the big ownership, uh, or not ownership, but um, projections. Oh, yeah. Just a heads up. Uh, Darren is like submerged underwater due to the <laughs> hurricane. So uh, our, our ownership projections, like, honestly, might not be great this week. We'll, we'll have, I'll have to touch base and give Darren a call yeah. after the show. Yeah, uh, but I was just going to say Richie James is like the top point per dollar receiver in like every single projection model by far, and that's probably the number one thing that correlates to ownership. So yeah. Um, all right, enough about this game. Jags Eagles talk through a pretty good game here. Eagles are six and a half point favorites over under. It's forty seven. Really, the only injury news I have in this game is Zay Jones might not play. He didn't practice yesterday with an ankle injury. Definitely a little bit of a boost to Christian Kirk, uh, who we've all liked all season long. Um, Johnny, I mean, you know, on FanDuel this year, it's basically like, if you haven't played Jalen Hurts, you haven't played, you haven't won any money. Um, I, I kind of think this is another spot like that. Um, we really, the scary part for Hurts is like, we haven't seen the Eagles push at all this year. Like they've had gigantic double digit leads in the second half of all their games. Uh, the Jags can keep this somewhat close. Like this game is, is going to go to the moon. Um, and the total is not really suggestive of that. I, I guess that's mainly markets thinking the Eagles defense can shut down the Jags and they surely can. But I, I mean, man, I, I'd love to see uh, Johnny. I'd love to see Hertz have to keep his foot on the gas for all four quarters here. Yeah. And I think we, we find out if the Jags are actually good 
And I think pretty much everyone is saying that this week, um, depending how this game goes. But I do think I do think the Jaguars are good um, enough to to push the Eagles at least more than anyone else has. So I think this is a really good game. I would not be surprised if there is more scoring than the you know the totals okay, but um, like if the Jags are able to push the Eagles, this probably goes over forty six or forty seven. Um, so I do like I, you know I like most of the pieces. The, the I guess the real question is will Slay Chase Kirk um, in this game or not? He's not think, going to. He, I don't he think runs, so because Kirk's you run, yeah, yeah, Kirk's exactly. all spot. Yeah. So yeah. So then I think you know Kirk is still in play. Uh, he's a guy that I like. Like I said last week, I'm just going to keep playing him until they make him, you know, priced appropriately. Um, Sixty six hundred. I think he went down in price, didn't he? Which you know, uh, now he went up four hundred sixty two hundred. I mean, I, he should be like a seven k wide receiver. So just going to keep playing him. Um, I mean, think about like, who would you rather have, you know, Michael Pittman or Christian Kirk going forward rest of the season? Um, you look at those guys in his price range. And I just think he's mispriced and projection models just haven't really seemed to caught, catch up with. Um, like, I think they're still not accepting that the Jags are, are kind of good. Yeah. I mean, I, I always look at, um, you know, drive, you know, uh, like what they're scoring on a per possession basis. I mean, Eagles are, you know, six in touchdown scoring drives. The Jags are, are eighth. Um, and I mean, they're not slouch opponents. I mean, they beat the shit out of the Colts. They beat the shit out of the Chargers. Granted, you know, Chargers are obviously dealing with a bunch of injuries and Herbert was hurt. Yada, yada, yada. But like they've, you know, they played well against the commanders. Everybody's been doing well against them. So I think there's definitely some signal to think that this offense is, Maybe not top eight, but definitely top 12 and can certainly keep this game close. Um, is there any interest in the Jags' backs in this game? I kind of think we see more ETN, but it feels thin. Uh, yeah, so I, I think Etienne's in play. Uh, his snap share jumps to 70% when they're trailing by six or more points. Uh, I have a little less confidence and faith in Jacksonville keeping this competitive but if they do Jalen Hurts and the Eagles offense has insane slate wrecking upside I thought this was the stat of the week it's from uh Scott Barrett who does does great work uh (laughs) no I I thought this was one of the coolest stats I posted is so if you just exclude the second half of his games to adjust for blowouts he's averaging 30 passing fantasy points per four quarters 20 Point six rushing fantasy points per four quarters that comes out to 50 fantasy points per four like they just look like they could do whatever they want uh you know mvp favorite like i'd, I'd rather put money down on hurts than allen right now uh 50.4 fantasy like if this could be competitive oh boy uh west doesn't love the covered shell matchup for jalen hurts but it's just like again that thing where it's like damn he looks unstoppable um so I don't really know how to attack this game. Uh, I, I'm with Johnny. I like Kirk a lot because because Philly has the best secondary in football, but like their weakest point would be slot or tight end, um, and or scat back. So again, Etienne. But uh, 
yeah, I, I don't really know what to do here. Yeah. Um, I mean, Hurts, I you need, you need a Jalen Hurts team. If you're going to yeah, run I mean, out like 10, 10 lineups, maybe two Hurts teams. Yeah. I mean, Hurts naked was winning all the single entry stuff last week. Um, or Lamar plus Andrews. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was it last week. Um, trying to see here. I like Lawrence too. Yeah, I can't really get on board with that. But you said um, that last week too, and then he. I know, I buried me. He does look so good, though. I mean, the the confidence is what is showing. Like he's actually like getting in stride and hitting throws. Like last year, it's just yeah, nightmare. And you look, I mean, you look at the numbers that the Eagles defense is doing, and it's been against Jared Goff, Kirk Cousins, and Carson Wentz. So, you know, are the Eagles? Is the Eagles defense good? Yeah, but like. They haven't really faced anyone yet. I mean, Kirk Cousins was abysmal. That was a joke of a second half. Like, that doesn't even count. And then Wentz, Wentz was legit rattled last week. Like, yeah. could not, he could not throw the ball downfield. Um, yeah. And we talked about that, too. I mean, that, that was, like, the most obvious fall, you know, wheels fall off yeah. spot in NFL history. Yeah. Yep. Um Man, I want to like Dallas Goddard, but Jags have been reasonably good against tight ends this year. Um, Goddard's also just not gotten the targets that I think anybody expected. Uh, you know, I was on Devonta Smith last week. Didn't expect a hammer like, like that. Didn't play him anywhere, of course. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you, Scott. It's it's tough. I mean, I, I think just I'm going to default A.J. Brown as the top guy every week. Um, but, yeah, it's it's still tough to – you kind of figure it out. Um, all right, let's keep it going here. Chargers, Texans. Uh, it's jarring to see Chargers at five, uh, five point favorites against the Texans, but it makes sense. Uh, Rashawn Slater is on IR. Uh, so is Joey Bosa. Obviously, Khalil, um, not Khalil Herbert, Justin Herbert is still hurt. Uh, we'll see on Keenan Allen and Corey Lindsley. I, I think the bigger one is probably Lindsley getting, uh, you know, Herbert getting a center back uh, will at least yeah. help a little for this week with no Slater. Um, man, Keenan I mean, left practice early yesterday and he's not there today. So I don't think he's going to play. Who, Keenan? Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. 30 years old and dealing with a, a hammy. It's going to be a multi-week thing. Yeah. Um, so Proctor, let's start there, man. Um, are you on Herbert this week? First and foremost. And if so, I mean, is this Mike Williams week? Like, are you on Josh Palmer at all? I mean, Chargers have been whack-a-mole for fantasy this year. Yeah, man, it's tough. Because, like, Herbert, you know, last week, I, you know, everyone in the Discord was freaking out, like, you know, Herbert's active, you know, like, should we get off Jags defense? And I was like, no, it's, like, I don't think there's really much of a drop-off between, you know, Herbert, who can barely move, and Chase Daniel, and obviously Herbert could barely move. He, I mean, you know, you look at his final stat line, it was okay, but he looked pretty terrible. Uh, that game so I think you know I think he's like trending in the right direction and you know do you want to play a little bit of him and and hope that you catch him once he's you know before he looks good but I I have a tough time with it especially against Houston I I don't really see this as a team that they're going to push you know push him against because you know they stink too and they're going to use, you know, three running backs. They're going to use five wide receivers, multiple tight ends. Yeah, Chargers are just – Chargers are a tough sell. And 
fantasy. I think if I played anyone, it's Mike Williams or, or Josh Palmer, but like neither of them get me excited. Yeah. Um, Chargers offensive line has been absolutely terrible uh, this year, but Scott, I mean, no one's going to play Eckler and he's now at the cheapest point he's been in a very, very long time. Um, it takes some stones, but I, I think Eckler is a, a reasonably good GPP play, but you know, like Proctor was laying out, I mean, it's chargers are, are tough to forecast here. Yeah. This is a perfect matchup. Uh, yeah. Uh, Houston's like the number one run funnel. They're giving up a ton of production to running backs. Uh, he's going to be owned though, because uh, a lot of the optimizers like him. Uh, I think it's a value trap just because, I mean, like I could see him going nuclear, but at the same time, like he has a combined like 40 yards through the first three quarters and like everything's coming in garbage time, in, like the last few minutes of the game. And, you know, I think uh, Los Angeles wins this. Um I don't know that I'm going to write them up, but I, I do like Josh Palmer, um, Mike Williams, you know, he, he could have upside or Derek Stingley could shadow him, which makes Palmer even more interesting. I, I, I haven't really dug too, too deep into that. Uh, Brandon cooks is another guy who's popping in all the optimizers and uh, JC Jackson is questionable. Uh, so this could also be a really good matchup for him. He has the volume. The production just hasn't been there, but it, that's kind of who he is. He's going to get like wide receiver one production, wide receiver two or wide receiver one volume, wide receiver two production. But like he'll have those wide receiver one production weeks for sure. Um, and then Damian Pierce is in play for tournaments. He's he's still just very cheap. You know, game script's probably not ideal. The matchup's okay. Um, but, uh, you know, he could get his 20 carries and, and break off two long runs and get, you know, at least one touchdown. So, uh, just a volatile, you know, workhorse who doesn't catch targets. We know the deal, but, but he's in play for GPPs on a gross running back. Yeah. My one, he's in my play one, with, sorry, go Houston, ahead, Houston D too. If, if Herbert's still really bad. Yeah. Scott, my one concern with Pierce though, is he fumbled twice in that game. He didn't lose one, but. Oh, I, interesting. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, after his second fumble, uh, they had two drives and he didn't play at all. It was all Burkhead. And Lovey's a you know a dinosaur, so it's just something to keep in mind. Um, it's pure speculation. I really don't know, but something to keep in mind. Um, yeah, weird. This is a weird game. Chargers games, man. They always play to the over, but it's so hard to get on board with the spot because Houston's been dog shit on offense too. Um, all right, Seahawks Lions. This game got drastically worse this morning with no Amon Ross St. Brown, our guy. Uh, he's out this week with an ankle injury. Uh, DeAndre Swift isn't going to play either, guys. Um, he's still with the shoulder. I think they're going to hold him out through their bye, which would be week six, meaning he returns week seven. So, uh, arguably, the two best plays on the Lions side we've been on every week are gone, Scott. Um, you know, we're going to see some Josh Palmer, we're going to see some DJ Chark. Um, any any lean? I, I think Khalif Raymond will be their their slot, right? Um, man, and any interest in those guys? I, I mean, I know you kind of mentioned Hawkinson as maybe being a trap, but I mean, they don't have anything else besides charging Reynolds, really. Uh, yeah. So uh, I I kind of liked Jared Goff coming into the week. He quietly ranks sixth in fantasy points per dropback, which like seems so shocking to me. Uh, this is a decent matchup i think on paper um no amon ra obviously like really hurts him i think i i like a lot 
Khalif Raymond. And I don't think anyone's going to play him. I had this tweet out last week where it was note to self draft TF out of Ben Johnson slot wide receiver in two years when he's coaching the Texans. And it was this like press clip of him talking about Amon Ross St. Brown. He didn't really like gas up his guy as being a lead or anything. He's like, Oh, I didn't even watch his tape in college. He was just like, I love the slot wide receiver position. Cause you know, I, I, I got my roots in Miami where we had Jarvis Landry leading the league in targets and receptions every year. And the, the slot position is so unique in that, you know, you can move them around. You can't really stop a slot wide receiver like we've seen with Cooper Cup. And so I wonder if Khalif Raymond, who they love, just come in and sort of get like an 80% of Amon Ra's role at like zero ownership, zero cost. Um, and so I, I think that's, uh, that's pretty interesting. Also from Hard Knocks, they have this like small slot wide receiver who in the exit interview when they cut him, they were like, dude, we love you. This broke our heart, but it's just like, we have already three really good slot wide receivers, but on any other team, you could be uh, on the roster for sure. Uh, so that's my like off the wall play of the week probably is, is Khalif Raymond, but there's a lot of minimum price punts I'm, I'm kind of into. Oh, and then J- Jamal Williams obviously is yeah. the third best uh, running back play of the week. There's definitely uh, a really good chance that he's just not a bell cow at all. Because last year when DeAndre Swift was out, he only played on 40% of the snaps. Granted, he was dealing with an injury, uh, but it seemed like uh, Dan Campbell preferred him in that workhorse role where he's getting all the rushing work, but like minimal route involvement, targets. Uh, The thing is, like, I don't really think that matters in this matchup. Um, Not too much. I mean, Seattle is like a a great matchup for, for scat backs and pass catching running backs. But the bottom line is like, he was already at like a 66% rushing share and he leads the league in touchdowns and he's just mispriced. So he's my, my RB three for cash. Um, and uh, yeah. Any, any, any thoughts on, on those guys on Detroit? Yeah, I still, I still like, I never figured out why he didn't play more last year um, when Coach totally. was out. It was really confusing. Oh. He had um, a thigh injury and he had like some other sort of injury. We heard from Kaplan that he came into camp like overweight. Oh. And um, yeah, that might've been why he didn't play much during the year. And then I think you're right, Scott, he was banged up like all last year. Yeah, it was weird, but yeah, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen again. <clears throat> like they were using, it was that Craig Reynolds kid or whatever. He stinks. I think <clears throat> it's just going to be, I think it's going to be Jamal. And I think, um, we probably see um, he's probably going to be like twice as owned as Herbert though. Um, I mean, obviously they're both great plays. Why would that be? Um, most projections have Jamal as a slight, uh, slightly ahead of Herbert. Is that because uh, Montgomery hasn't been ruled out yet? Um, that could be possible. Yeah, that could be possible. But um, also everybody like in terms of I, I mean I think they're both just going to be massively owned because they both had you know two touchdowns last week. But I mean like yeah, I'm I mean, considering just building like just locking them both in because like running back has been so disgusting and like I I did a study looking at chalk and like the toughest chalk to fade is these you know backup running backs who are cheap who the starters hurt. Um, and you know, just trying to find different ways to get unique and get upside. But uh, 
I mean, running back has just been such a disaster this year. They're just not as cheap as they used to be. Right. You know, in the past they would have been for, you know, 4k, 4,500, whatever. But um, yeah, I mean, is, is there, what is the, is there merit to saying we shouldn't be a hundred percent all in on massive chalk backup running backs who cost 6k? I don't know. But um, I mean, I think they are great plays. They're both in good spots. You know, I wish, I wish one of them was facing like, you know, the bills or the chiefs or something. And we could say, you know, they're going to get, you know, it's not like the lions are, are a great team without Swift and Amon Ra, but you know, they play Seahawks chiefs play the giants. So do you just go overweight on them in tournaments? It's, it's, it's probably, I mean, it's the hardest question of the week in, in terms of what you do in tournaments. Yeah. Um, I will say on FanDuel, they have both these guys at 74 and 72. Williams 74, Herbert 72. It's more expensive than Najee Harris, which is hilarious at this point. Um, so it's a lot tougher over there. But, yeah, I mean, the combined ownership on those two is going to be like 60% probably, right? Yeah. <clears throat> on DK, so. Yeah, I think they'll both they'll each be twenty five percent plus. Yeah, and then on the other side, uh, I think Geno is like really one of the best quarterback plays of the slate. Seattle quietly ranks thirteenth in pass rate over expectation, sixteenth in pace of play. Uh, definitely a, a clear departure from previous seasons. Detroit has given up the third most fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks, second highest over under the slate. And then I like Tyler Lockett because I I think. Uh, Jeff Okuda shadows DK Metcalf. There's a chance I'm wrong. Like Wes speculated, it would be a worry uh, just because of the size. But like, I, I don't see that. I think they just have Okuda shadow uh, Metcalf plus Lockett's running all these routes from the slot. And they're, they're very weak against slot wide receivers. Uh, so the Geno to, to Lockett stack, I think is extremely interesting. And then I guess you could, you could, you could pair them up with uh, Khalif Raymond and, uh, you know, pay up for everyone. <laughs> Gino Lockett, Khalif Raymond, Game Stacks for all the money. I mean, you you could play Jamal too. Yeah. The only thing, I mean, the thing is just like with Allen, Hurts, and Lamar on the slate, and even kind of Kyler. Like, can Gino score thirty? Uh, I mean, he could hit the the three point bonus at super low ownership, and that's fair. You know, easily three point nine x. That's fair. Um. All right, we'll keep it moving here, guys. Uh, Titans, Colts. Colts are three-point favorites. It got to three and a half, four. I think it's still at three and a half. Over-under is 42 and a half. Um, yeah, just really low total, slow pace freaking game, man. Titans are 31st in pace right now. Um, you know, their offense outside of, you know, basically a half against the Raiders has been absolutely abysmal. Um, kind of want to back Colts here, but uh, interesting game, really interesting game. Uh, Scott, I'll kick it over to you first. Um, you know, you've we've been saying that you know running back is gross, but now we're getting a, a huge price discount, at least over last year, uh, on Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Eighty-eight hundred closed out last year in the high nineties. Um, big home favorite. What's your thoughts on JT? Yeah, what's his injury? Uh, he had a toe. He had a toe injury, and it's he's fine. 
I think he's, he's practiced in full today. Yeah, I mean, uh, I really don't have a great read here, but uh, Titans defense looks extremely bad. This is a game that they should win. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really have a great read if, if one of you guys have a better one, but he's probably lower owned. He's cheaper than usual. He's Jonathan freaking Taylor. And Colts roll. Um, I think Shaq Leonard coming back is huge for this defense. Titans are Titans are bad. Um, and I think uh, I think Taylor combined with Colts D is a is going to be a pretty low on pairing because everyone everyone kind of thinks the Colts are bad and I don't think they're very good. Um, but I think they're a lot better than than the Titans. They are, and they've had a weird year, man. You know, they lost Pittman in practice on like Wednesday. Like that's when they're installing their entire game plan against the Jags. No surprise, they came out and looked like shit in that game. Um, defense was much better last week. Um, they're kind of readjusting too. They, you know, obviously Matt Eberflus is gone. Gus Edwards is or Gus, uh, what is his name? Gus Bradley uh, is the coach now. He's running their cover three stuff. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think Colts, you know, Colts minus three is like one of the best bets on the board this week. It's a really tight week for picks, but I think that's probably the one, one or two spreads that actually have a slight edge. Can I give a bad take and, and then you guys can call it bad, but just like, <laughs> let me work through it. It's like, so like you said, the spread is close. It's, it's only three points. And like, you want to bet that, but that's like close enough to assume that like Derek Henry, you know, that the Titans could win. And we know Derrick Henry averages like 30 fantasy points per game and wins versus like 10 and losses. He had 20 carries last week, six targets. No one's going to play him. And then you could, you could stack him with Matt Ryan is like the Titans have maybe the worst secondary in football. This is a horrible take, but like the stack is what is so interesting to me. And I, I think there's a one-off play here outside of these garbage Henry Ryan sacks. I'm, I'm trying to trying to gas up. And so like I wrote up Matt Collins and start sit last week. That was before Hunter Renfro even got ruled out. And my reasoning was because of how bad Tennessee is against perimeter cornerbacks. They're far and away the worst, giving up 37.8 fantasy points per game. That's 73% more than the next closest team. Or no, 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 the league average rate. Uh, in contrast to their XFP, that's 1.6x which is like insane and so much more than the next closest defense. And so um, Michael Pittman should go nuclear, right? Right. But uh, what they did last week to stop Devontae Adams is they, they ran out a high rate of cover two and cover seven with brackets. And so I'm just wondering if they did that again this, this week, could Alec Pierce be this week's Matt Collins? Uh, because, you know, uh, he had 70% of the route share in week one before his injury. Last week, that was 47%, maybe because Ashton Dolan, Dolan has looked nice, maybe because, you know, they're easing him back after the concussion. Uh, but, I mean, on that 47% route share, he had five targets. He had 61 yards, just 11 off of Pittman for the, the team high. And, and so no one's going to play Alec Pierce. Uh, and so I, I see it as, like, there's, like, a 60% chance Pittman – has this monster game there's like a 20 percent chance 30 percent chance pierce has like a way better than expected game but like both guys are going to be low owned so uh that was just you know just something that's been like i've been ruminating over but uh you, know, you guys can tell me if that's done i just i don't think pierce is a full-time player yet i mean he was in week one before that 
They, they refuse to let the Paris Campbell experiment die. Dude. Oh, he stinks so bad, though. He, I mean, he is, he's running every route and just literally never getting the ball. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why they're trying him out there. Still. He's like if Curtis Samuel was bad. <laughs> I feel like I faded Curtis Samuel because I just, like, accidentally assumed they were the same oft-injured slot wide receiver. Yeah, the only difference is Samuel has been really good every time he's healthy. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I, yeah, I'm I'm with you, Johnny. Um, I think Pierce is a little thin, but Scott, I mean, that's, I mean, Pierce is definitely their only chance at having a decent two this year. Um, so I'm, I'm, there's certainly some signal. Uh, I mean, punt punt wide receivers have been ridiculously good this year, and especially yeah. last week with Olave, Hollins, Dubs, a few other guys. Um, but but yeah. And then there's just like massive ups and like early in the week that early in the season, this works best. And there's like massive upside. If you have this 4k guy who has like a 25 point game, but, but yeah, yeah, no, I think you guys are, are right. That's why I prefaced it with uh, off the yeah. wall and kind of out there. Yeah. Um, but I mean, Pittman too, like it's, if he doesn't get the brackets that Devonte gets last week, this is a perfect matchup. Yeah. The other flip side of this is like, I'm, I kind of think the Titans just get freaking rocked. And Taylor, Taylor goes in the Yeah. Yep. This could be a game where Ryan drops back like 26 times and they just control it on the ground. I mean, they should, yeah. Right. Yep. Um, all right. Jet Steelers here, boys. We'll keep it moving. Zach Wilson is back. I'm um, going to be interested to see how uh, much this Jets offense changes, man, because Joe Flacco was like, by far leading the league and check down targets, RB targets. Um, but yeah, real interested to see how this works out. This game stinks though. Over under is 41 and a half. Um, Scott, I'll kick it to you first, man. What, what are your thoughts here on, on this, the Jets receiving core? Cause I know you, you know, you're a big Elijah Moore guy. Garrett Wilson's been fantastic this year to start the season. How do you see this playing out between Wilson and, you know, all this, all these new receivers? Yeah, this, this is a tricky, tricky slate, um, for, specifically because the wide receiver position is tough. Uh, Garrett Wilson is the number one value, according to XFP, just like XFP per dollar, like number one value. And then he has a top three matchup. Pittsburgh sucks ass against slot wide receivers, which is where he's running the high percentage of his routes. But now Zach Wilson comes in and you're like, okay, maybe uh, – Garrett was his guy and Elijah is Zach's guy. Uh, and I think people want to play Elijah. He's also like a top XFP value. And just like, if you see what he's been tweeting this week, uh, it's like he retweeted something saying he was going to score four touchdowns this week. He said, tough times don't last. He said, uh, you know, like I'm, I'm hungry. Oh, he retweeted a, a beat writer saying like the jets need to get Elijah more involved. So like he's, I'm always going to have that glimmer of hope and he's not going to go off until I have zero ownership, but maybe that's this week. Um, Priest hall is also vaguely in play uh, just because uh, he, he really saw a, a much larger share of the work last week His XFP share jumped to 71%. He only had eight of 19 carries, but he had 11 of 13 targets. But again, it's probably just, uh, a Joe Flacco thing. Um, and I mean, if you want to just say like, this is Zach Wilson and he stays, you know, you could just, you could just do that and just fade all these guys. Volume should be pretty good, but. I, I'm leaving the door open for Wilson because last year when he came back, their receivers all died and they had no Michael Carter. Their offensive line was so shitty. Like 
this is a legit good cast of weapons. Um, so I'm, I'm leaving the light on. Um, but most likely, like 60% chance, Wilson just stinks. Like, um, kind of on that. You could make a case for Tyler Conklin just because he's third among tight ends in fantasy points per game, which really just like uh, highlights the importance of that oligarch distinction. Because like if Tyler Conklin's the tight end three, then it's like Andrews and Kelsey are the only tight ends that really matter. Uh, but he is cheap. Uh, and then Deontay Johnson has hit double digit targets in 24 of his last 30 healthy games. That's 80%. That's insane. That's better than any other wide receiver. Is he in play for cash? Because this is a good matchup. This is like a top seven matchup. Um, George Pickens is also cheap. He's a viable punt. I mean, just like you, you watch that one catch he made and it's like, all right, this guy needs nine catches per week stat. I mean, um, Trubisky just, he, he refuses to throw over the middle. Like everything I, is towards the sidelines. It's just completely hampered this offense. I mean, this is what we said, though, is like if you could just get competent play instead of like dusty ass Ben Roethlisberger, you know, Mitchell Trubisky levels of incompetence, you know, these guys are, could all be slate records. Uh, the question is, do we get that? I mean, it's a decent matchup, but probably not. The, uh, the Tyler Conklin thing is a Flacco thing. Yep. Um, he has always thrown to the tight end. It's just been his thing. I honestly like feel like an idiot for not just being in on Conklin the first three weeks. But I think with Flacco gone, I will I will be out on Conklin. And I think um, I've seen a, a few of the projections around the industry have lowered his target share with uh, Elijah or with Zach Wilson too. So not really sure. It's like you're fading some chalky play or anything. <clears throat> um. But yeah, I mean, Zach Wilson, Scott, who is like, who is more desperate for something to happen for Elijah Moore, Elijah Moore or you? <laughs> exactly. No, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, this is, and this, I think Deontay Johnson's going to be popular too. Um, projections are pretty good on him around the industry. Jets. Um, and I think I do think though some of the projections for like Jets guys and Steelers guys have been because these Jets games have been so much better than that you expect every week. And I'm not sure they're gonna be that way with with Wilson instead of Flacco. I, I've made one Millie lineup each week, and each week it was a Flacco stack, and each week it at least uh two X. Yeah, but each week you forgot to play the quarterback who was playing the Jets instead. <laughs> 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 Yeah. Uh, Proctor, to your point, I mean, Jets are averaging 55 pass attempts per game. That, that there's, yeah. no, there's no way that sustains. Oh, yeah. That's, that's going to crater this week. And this game, I mean, Jets have played really fast to start this year, but that's because they're trailing like on all of their snaps. I mean, the, you know, markets have had this game like Steelers by three all week. I mean, this, this is a really tight game and, Steelers can't, you know, like I was saying, I mean, they just can't generate offense. So I think this game is just a piece of shit from a volume and pace perspective, honestly. Uh, yep. There's I a think lot. Najee's a little interesting. Yeah, or is he a value trap? Like Jalen Warren had two red zone touches last week. That was so, a short week. I will, I will say that was a short week for Najee. So it kind of made sense. A, Warren a, yeah. little, a little more burn. And he's been, you know, the, <laughs> I feel like the more – he hasn't aggravated the foot again. You know, I think 
like one of these weeks we're gonna just see you know 90% Najee again um might be this week but um not someone I'm like stoked about Jets just shut down Nixon last week but outside of that all of last year in the first two weeks they've been like the worst defense uh, against the run well, I mean, another reason they suck against the run is because, like, they have terrible field position all the time and just give up a ton of red zone drives, which right. is, to, you know, touchdowns. So, now I can get behind Najee. He's now at a price, Proctor. He's 7K on FanDuel. Like, yeah. Does, do, all right. Uh, you want to make a bet, Johnny? Does Elijah have more catches this week or tackles? <laughs> <laughs> cool. So, Over under two for each. Oh man! All right. Yeah, I was, Scott. I was actually curious just to see. So Garrett Wilson uh, over under four and a half catches is uh, juiced to the under. Uh, his receiving prop is forty six and a half. Elijah Moore's receiving prop is forty three and a half. So at least the, the markets are seeing them pretty pretty closely. At least. So. Interesting. interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. I, I truly don't know. I do, I do know Zach Wilson targeted his slot receivers at the second highest second highest rate last year, though. So that definitely helps Wilson a little bit. Yeah. Um, all right. We'll keep it moving. Commanders, Cowboys. Dallas is three point favorites. Over under is 41 and a half. Uh, commanders have just been absolutely spanked uh, in the first, their last two games. They've gotten um, outscored 46 to nothing in the first half over the last two games. Uh, I mentioned it earlier, Wentz was like legit rattled last week. His mechanics broke down. I mean, the dude is still a broken quarterback. Big shocker. Uh, now he has to face Micah Parsons. Um, Proctor, I'll kick it to you, man. I really don't have much from this game. Uh, Cooper Rush has looked competent, but Dallas is running a ton, and they're splitting between Zeke and Pollard. Um, I, I really don't have a lot here. Yeah, and Gallup. looks like Gallup's going to be back. Um so, uh, you know, that thing's Noah Brown. Um, I think I, I I have a little bit of love for CD. Um, I think we saw them last week just sort of finally figure figure it out a little bit. Um, I think he's like a decent price. He's um, not going to be all that owned. But <clears throat> otherwise, don't think I really like anyone on the Dallas side. And then... Um, we did see McKissick finally get more involved last week. I wish he was like a little cheaper, but, um, don't mind like a CD, uh, McKissick pairing just on the off chance that this game is a little more exciting because the Washington games have been a little bit, but otherwise I think this game is mostly just going to suck. CD lamb has seen 11, 11 and 12 targets. Yep. Uh, volume is incredible. He has maybe a best possible matchup against Benjamin St. Just, you know, a player whose name I've mentioned on the show many, many times. Uh, and I'm still not really about it. You know, like maybe even like Cooper Rush is good for CeeDee Lamb, but it's okay. Gallup is back. Dalton, more importantly, Dalton Schultz is likely to be back. Um, on the opposite side, I mean, like, why do we move away from Curtis Samuel? Like this role is incredibly valuable and he has an amazing matchup. Dallas is weak against slot wide receivers. I, I meant to say him and McKissick. Yeah. Uh, and so he's, a, I, he might be one of my core cash plays of the week. Curtis Samuel, uh, West loves him. Uh, I think this game is like sneaky, you know, massive upside, you know, 
uh, Cooper Rush is like popping as a top value based on the matchup. Carson Wentz, you know, like he had a brutal matchup last week, but outside of that, he was amazing. I'm probably not going to play this at all, but like you can make an argument that this is a really underrated game. Yeah, the thing is, is like, you know, Dallas is going to be slow and boring. Wentz is just a total wild card at this point. I do like Curtis Samuel. He's probably my favorite play in this game. Um, Scott, your point about the matchup and, you know, commanders are big dogs, but that's really the only thing I feel comfortable with. Um, any merit to McLaurin? Because, you know, Diggs, Scott, is like a, you know, boomer bust, all or nothing type play. McLaurin could get deep, but I mean, that's yeah, like, yeah. Really in this game. I, yeah, I mean, I, I'm probably not going to write him up, but, but there, there's that, that's a valid argument for sure. And he, cause he's had a brutal cornerback schedule to start and this is probably like softer than his last few shadows. So yeah. And he didn't, uh, yeah. he didn't do shit last week until like it was true garbage time. Um, but I was obviously being tethered to Wentz, you know, melting down, but yeah. This and is they, his fourth straight shadow and it's his probably his softest one yet. And they have mentioned one, like wanting to get him a little more involved, but yeah, it's thin. I know this whole game's thin, really. I think the whole game's thin besides Samuel. Um, right. it, it just wouldn't surprise me if this game went way over the over <clears throat> shot out, but I, I'm not chasing it either. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, we'll keep it going here, guys. Last game in the early window. Uh, all the games are in the early window. 12-game slate, nine games in the early window. We only have three in the uh, afternoon. Love when the NFL does that. Uh, Browns-Falcons, good game, though. Uh, Browns are one-and-a-half-point favorites. Over-under is 47-and-a-half. It's come down a little bit. Um, it's gotten bet down from 49-and-a-half to 47-and-a-half. But still, on this slate, uh, one of the highest totals on the board. It's actually the third highest total on the board behind Ravens, Bills, and Lions. Seahawks, um, Scott, I'll kick it to you first, man. Nick Chubb has been fantastic to start the season. You know, I, you know, I was looking through your XFP stuff earlier this week. You know, obviously he's a negative regression candidate, but he's still Nick freaking Chubb. This offense is a lot better than I think people were expecting. Um, and now he's in a great spot against this Falcons defense that, you know, we've been targeting, uh, for, for years on the ground here. Um, I'll kick it to you with, with Chubb and, and what your thoughts are on the Browns side. Um, yeah, I'm probably just not going to play Chubb. I, I just think, you know, he's, he's more expensive now and he's, we know he's extremely weak to weak volatile. He's like what RB two in fantasy points per game. So I think he's going to get ownership. Uh, I really like this game uh, a lot. Uh, I really like Marcus Mariota. I think he's one of the best quarterback yes. values of the slate. Uh, I think you can make a case for Jacoby Myers. Like what did we do last year? We just played opposing quarterback against Atlanta every single week. And we made a lot of money and like, it looks like you could really do that this year as well. He ranks third in EPA per pass. Um, what's tricky for me is the wide receiver situation. So Mari Cooper, I was, I was, you know, really high on him. And like, I was hoping we could just get, you know, 2021 Brandon cooks until Watson came back. And then like the, the, the crux of the argument was league winning upside once, Watson return, but I mean, he's had 100 plus yards in a score and back to back games that the only concern is I think AJ Terrell, who's excellent is going to shadow. Um, he's, he's been, he was excellent last year. He's been really good this year. Casey Hayward, surprisingly one of the worst cornerbacks in football this year 
Uh, and I don't think he was that great last year as well. So this could be a surprise DPJ week. So again, like I keep talking about these like weird off the wall puns, but there's a lot of them. Like I could see DPJ having a week similar to, to week one where, but like, if not like Amari's like a, a pretty strong value. Um, and then on the opposite side, uh, Drake London just has an amazing matchup and like he's has like a 43% target rate. Wes wrote him up. Um, so like you could really stack this game. Like Mariota might be the best cash quarterback if if you can't afford the three expensive guys, though you probably should try and do that. Um, and just like shootout potential, underrated by ownership. Um, so I really like this. Yeah, so I I really like Amari Cooper this week. Um, I mean, I I'm probably not going to worry about. Um, you know, Atlanta shadow coverage all that much. I mean, most of the big body guys have, have done fine. Landry had a good game. Thomas had a good game. Allen Robinson even came out of the graveyard against them. Um, so I like Cooper a lot. And I think if you're playing Mariota in tournaments, he, you need to have, you know, Cooper and Joku or Chubb on the other side, because, Mar- the only way that Mariota gets to that ceiling is if, you know, the Browns really push them. Like, Mariota's been been great, but it's been, you know, 21 fantasy points, 16, 18. For him to get 25-plus, um, one of these guys needs to do something. And I really like Chubb on FanDuel because you have to pay up for him. So I don't think anyone's going to play him because um, he's, like, 500 more than Jonathan Taylor. Um so if I'm going to play Chubb, it's going to be on FanDuel where, where he's overpriced. Um, not going to play him on, on yeah. DraftKings. And he makes, a lot of sense. he makes a lot of sense in Mariota lineups um, as well. I want to mention, and Joku's a phenomenal place. Falcons have given up the fifth most yards to tight ends so far, and they've faced the Saints, the Rams, and the Seahawks. And, like, I mean, Tyler Higby's probably the best tight end of that group. Um, this is an amazing spot for Njoku. I mean, I know it's, it feels point chasey, but um, big total, great matchup. Um, you know, I, I like Njoku quite a bit here. Yeah, this is a great game. I mean, it could totally be a dumpster fire because of two teams that, that it is, but these are both teams that have surprisingly played way better on offense than anyone would have expected um, in August. For sure. Um, I mean, Falcons guys are, um, like, legit good. I'm, I'm kind of willing to call it now. Like, this offense is legitimately good. I know everyone – hates Kyle, you know, Arthur Smith for what he's done with Kyle Pitts, but like this offense works, you know, Mariota's just playing a ton on a pistol. They got a lot of RPO looks condensed offense, but it works and they're moving the ball. CPAT um, looks fantastic. Uh, I will say he's battling a knee injury. I, I think they're just resting him. I mean, the dude is 31. Um, we got to talk a little CPAT here. Cause he's been probably the best, like he's been a zero RB hero on a lot of my uh, zero RB teams. Yeah, Grant, we talked about him like on Twitter a few times. Just like nobody wanted to draft the dude. And I know, he dude. Like clear running back one uh, for the team. Yep. But yeah, I think, it, you know, if if he were to be, you know, I, I think he's going to play. But, you know, if Sunday morning they were to be like, you know, CPAT's not going to play, Tyler Algier would be like one of the best plays on the slate. But I don't think that's going to happen. Um, yeah, I think CPAT um, is a guy I, I like to play a little bit every week. Yeah. He's still too cheap, man. Um, yeah, even on FanDuel, he's still seventy six hundred. Uh, I, you know, 
he's gotten all the goal line stuff too. Like that's the big thing. He does not come off the field when they get in close. Um, so definitely on CPAT as well. Uh, one more week. All right, we'll keep it going here to the afternoon slate. Again, only three games in the afternoon slate. Just keep that in mind for your late swaps. Uh, Cardinals, Panthers, here's the first game at 4.05. Um, Panthers opened at 2. Uh, the public is absolutely hammering the Cardinals. Uh, it's down to a pick them. Uh, over-unders, 42.5. Uh, Matt Rule is 3-9 and nine against the spread as a favorite in his career. Uh, I get it. The Cardinals have been abysmal to start the season, but man, I mean, you know, I, public is just hammering the Cardinals here. Um, the big injury news, obviously, we're waiting on is McCaffrey. Sounds like a minor quad issue. Maybe they're just, you know, keeping him uh, sidelined for uh, just precautionary reasons. We'll see. Sounds like he's going to be able to go. I'm not too into it, even if he does, just because Baker stinks. He's not dumping the ball off. Um, Scott, man, do you have, I mean, I, I like Zach Ertz a little bit, but man, I, I really don't have too much in this game. Uh, yeah. So Zach Ertz has seen double digit targets in seven of his last nine healthy games. Yeah. Even if he's not an oligarch, this is easily oligarch usage. Uh, basically would have ranked 10th among all wide receivers in XFP per game last year, well ahead of Mark Andrews. So he was popping as a really strong value to me. He does have, a difficult matchup this week. Uh, Wes talked about that in his analysis. Hollywood Brown was popping as like a, a really underrated value because if he gets the usage he's gotten the last two weeks, then he's like a top five, you know, volume related value. Um, the problem with that is so now he's banged up and he's going to get shadowed by JC Horn. And I think JC Horn can just fully more or less negate him. Um, so who does that leave us with? Rondale that would be Moore. either Rondale Moore, who is a must-play, or Greg Dorch, who's like – he doesn't look like a value anymore, price of 5000 but it's like sort of in play. Because that's where the matchup is. Uh, really, slot-wide receivers um, do you have think been forced here. Do you think Dorch and Rondale Moore split snaps, though, with Rondale coming back? I mean, Yeah, you, that, that's a valid concern. Johnny, what do you think? I mean, Rondale missed like a month and a half. <laughs> I don't and think Dorch so. And Dorch has been awesome. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they can, um, with Green out, no Hopkins. I mean, who who else are they? Are they going to play Andy Isabella? Like they hate. No, that there's guy. there's they're playing uh, like Andrea Botticelli. Yeah, he's a member of the mafia. Yeah, but Joe, Joe called it called them the two tenors and Andy Isabella. On the didn't he just come back from injury too? <laughs> I missed that. That's funny as fuck. Didn't Bocelli just come back from injury too? I'm honestly not sure. Uh, I could look real quick. I just, I, I just don't think they uh, can really keep him off the field. Panthers and, are giving up the fifth most fantasy points per game to slot wide receivers. Rondell is what in the three K range. Yeah, and the, I mean, the Cardinals do the double slot thing. So, I mean, I think they're both right. going to, they're both going to play. That's fair. Yeah, you know, Dorch is good game. though. That's the, that's part of the problem. Dorch, Dorch is, good. is, I think Dorch has actually like earned himself a role. Like, because AJ Green's dead. Like, whenever AJ Green's back, like, I think I think it'll be Dorch. Every year I give out my favorite UDFA, and every year that guy never does anything except for Dorch. So, yeah, he might he's, buy just, a he's just so you're, small. You're one, for, you're one out of 100. <laughs> he's just so small. Yeah. No, I mean, I think, I think 
Rondale is gonna. I mean, I think he's just gonna have to play. You guys want to hear a really stupid play? What's that? Baker Mayfield. Oh God, yes. that is right. really stupid. Here's Stop. who. Here, no. here's who leads in fantasy points for dropback. One, Lamar Jackson. Two, Josh Allen. Three, whoever is facing Arizona. Uh, so he's a garbage play, but this is like a perfect Neil Ragland play that like no one is on, no one wants to touch. Um, DJ Moore was like looking like a really strong value. Like he's ranked top 10 in receiving yards for three straight seasons. He sucks this year. Um, but, um, the match is bad because, uh, Byron Murphy's going to shadow and Byron Murphy's looking like one of the best shadow cornerbacks in all of football. Uh, so maybe Robbie Anderson's in play, you know, the, just good for like one, one or two deep shots and then like Baker hits like, or uh, Christian McCaffrey, you know, where's, where's like the 30 point Christian McCaffrey game we've been waiting for. Like he, he seems close. He's hurt. Granted. I don't, I don't think we're close to that, man. The, the, the Panthers can't sustain offense, dude. Like, no, I don't. all right. So they, they have a 75 and a 67 yard play and they're still bottom three in yards per drive game. Like, you take away those two big plays that are flukes, by the way. One was a coverage bust, and one was a weird play to LaVisca. Like, they're dead last in yards game per drive by far. Like, they, they stink, dude. Yeah. If, if, if and they still does... might beat the Cardinals. <laughs> the, well, the whispers is that – the whispers are that, like, the team is just done with Matt Rule. Like, they, they're just done. How could they not be? Yeah. I mean, and They'll they probably have CMC on their fantasy teams. <laughs> well you saw the dj moore interview like today or yesterday yeah. right yeah i mean that was just brutal yeah dude he's i, I couldn't imagine um yeah I, I don't know man i i like Ertz. uh rondell moore throws a wrench into the whole kind of receiver mix but johnny it's a good point that they you know they kind of have to play him um and i can't find anything on this Pacelli guy they've elevated him from practice squad on the 25th so I guess he's I guess he's healthy. He just hasn't been on the full roster till this week. He's been there for a long time though. So yeah, um, I'm seeing him on the practice squad still. So maybe they moved him back down with Rondell back. But that wouldn't make sense with AJ Green being out. So maybe they'll move him back up today. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Let me see. Real quick. Who is this? Yeah, but Chelly, oh, yeah. yeah, he's back on the practice squad. That's oh. I just uh, found it on the NFL transaction log thing. Um, all right, we'll keep it going here. Broncos, Raiders. Oh, boy. Uh, if Russ can't get going this week, man, it's it's over. Um, and It might already be over. Uh, Raiders are two-and-a-half-point favorites, even though they're 0-3. Uh, 45-and-a-half is the over-under. Um Hunter Renfro is still not practicing. He's still in concussion protocol, so we might get another Mac Collins week. Scott, that was a uh, very nice call. Take a little bow there, sir. Great call on Hollins last week. Um, but, yeah, man, this game's rough. <laughs> I feel like I've said this like eight times. It's like only two games in the slate that I feel really good about, but it's pretty rough here, man. Um, Scott, I'll throw it over to you. Broncos secondary has been really, really good to start this year. Patrick Sertan is healthy. Uh, the front seven's healthy. Uh, this is a tough spot, man, for Carr and Adams. Um, but volume is going to be great. Carr is on pace to, you know, smash a career high in, in pass attempts. Um, but still, tough spot. Not a great team total. Um, what are your thoughts here on Raiders? 
yeah, I think this is another game that that could that wouldn't shock me if it became a shootout and like went way over the over under. I think Darren Waller is a little interesting. You could say he's like maybe not quite oligarch levels of Andrews and Kelsey, but he's like damn close and he's not at all priced like it. He was really good in week one, really good in week two. And then he got bracketed alongside Devontae Adams in week three. So teams are still, you know, really, uh, you know, honing in on those two guys. Hunter Renfro's probably going to be out again this week. Um, and then Adams. Adams is unique in that he's the only wide receiver who does better in shadow matchups. And he does significantly better. And part of that is just like he watches a ton of tape on the cornerback against him and like knows how to, you know, juke them out of their shoes. He knows their weaknesses and then he exploits it. So if he gets the, the coverage he got last week, which again was cover two, cover seven in brackets, he's an easy fade. If he gets just Patrick Sertan in man coverage, Sertan is awesome. Uh, I think he destroys it. Uh, and so that's, that's what I keep going back and forth on with the Raiders side. Josh Jacobs is popping as a value, but it's a, it's a bad matchup and he, he feels sort of like a trap and you can play him in, in GPPs. Uh, Denver side again is also really interesting because the Raiders, they haven't released their Friday practice report. So maybe one of you two can double check that real quick, real quick. But um, Nate Hobbs, one of the best cornerbacks in football last year as a slot corner moved to the perimeter uh, he is questionable with a concussion. Uh, their other outside perimeter cornerback, Rocky Sin, is is questionable with a knee injury. And so if those two guys are out, because this is like a really good perimeter CB tandem. Looks like uh, Hobbs is back. Okay, well then never mind. But like Cortland Sutton still is an intriguing value just based on, well, for one thing, Judy doesn't look healthy at all. For another, Sutton ranked second in air yards, eighth in targets, seventh in XFB, and fifth in receiving yards. Uh, if, if Hobbs is back, that's not great. But if Rocky Sin is still out, that's that's okay. Um, and then uh, and then yeah, I mean like Javante, he has the matchup, and he, he's also a strong XFP value. Um, and and the 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 Raiders are most vulnerable against the pass to running backs. And like, that's really where he's been separating himself from Melvin Gordon. Um, I'm, I'm not going to have heavy exposure to this game, but it's another one where, you know, I could see it going over and there are some plays who can kind of stand out. Sutton has underrated upside at least. Uh, I hate both of these teams. I know. Same. Just hate them so much. Um, I mean, like, I, I think the Raiders figure it out at some point, right? The Josh McDaniels offense is notoriously hard to learn. Been um, been reading about McDaniels, dude. Sounds like he's just a fucking asshole. <laughs> okay. Did you see that thread from that former Bronco player, Tyler yes. Columbus? Yeah. Yeah. Was- so then I started digging more. <laughs> yeah, he got fired because he was uh, videotaping <laughs> practices yeah, um, I mean, he. Bunch of stuff like I that. have to think he's changed a little bit to get back to where he's at. But Apparently not. Bill, Bill like, Belichick just becomes so much more impressive in my eyes because yeah. all these guys are freaking morons. Bro, Matt Patricia, wow. Joe Judds, the, Bel- like, the Belichick dynasty. Bro, the, the Belichick coaching tree is a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> it exists yeah. only to tank other teams. Yeah. <laughs> I had yeah, forgotten the that McDaniel's. I think Nick, and, uh, Nick Casario is a sharp guy. Like, are you kidding me? Like, whatever. Man, I'd forgotten that McDaniel's traded a future first for like a current second to take some guy that he wanted. Oof. 
Just you know like it? you know who's only worse is Mike Mayock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But was was he really the worst person there at that time? <laughs> okay, yeah, and the on the Gruden scale, no. But and that well, then the future first that he traded was used to select Earl Thomas the following year. Ooh, yeah. Jesus, where Christ. is uh, uh, Rich Bisacci at? Shout out to that guy. He needs yeah. to be a head coach. I don't even know what happened to him. But man, these, I mean, these are two teams that are just like in my head, I, I'm telling myself this could shoot out. Like, I want to agree with you, Scott, but I just. All right. Think of it this way. Like, what do we, what do we think of the Titans? And what did they just do the Raiders? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't, I, I just don't, I do not see a shootout here. Like, I'll be Yeah, stunned. you're probably, you're probably right. And like, hey, the Titans just showed them the game plan. It's like, okay, Renfro's out. All right, just bracket Adams and and Waller and I, hey, I really do think that's it. Like let a, let Mac Hollins try and beat you. Um, yeah, and then Russ. I mean, like everyone wants to chase Russ. It's like oh, like he's he's been so amazing, but like Greg Cassell was all over this. Is like he's overrated and he's a declining player, and you know they wouldn't let him cook for a reason, and they're letting Geno cook in Seattle. So um, all that makes sense. I mean, uh, look, the, the Seahawks got tra- uh, got fleeced on the Adams trade, but like they're going to come out looking fantastic uh, this rush trade. Do do keep an eye on Rocky Sane and, and Nate Hobbs though, just just because like depending on what their status is, you know, Sutton is just seeing insane volume. Judy's hurt. Sutton looks good. Yeah, that's the one saving grace is like Sutton does look amazing. Um, and Russ is still doing just the Russ thing where he just chucks it down the sidelines and Sutton's their only dude. So, um, all right. Patriots Packers. We'll get out of here on another gross game here. Total is 40 and a half Packers are nine and a half point favorites. Um, since 2019 unders have hit 55% of the time when the spread is nine or more points. And that extends to 57% when the spread gets to 10. Uh, so we're looking like another, Low scoring game here. We're going to get Brian Hoyer. The Mac Jones in practice thing was a joke. Uh, Hoyer is going to start. Uh, Packers are just getting gobs and gobs of pressure right now. Uh, they could just completely shut down this game. Um, Proctor, I'll kick it to you first, man. Like we're going to get Christian Watson back. Uh, Dobbs obviously went off as like one of the the uh, you know good punt plays last week, uh, but it, you know. Watson coming back kind of does throw a wrench a little bit into this Packers receiver rotation. Yeah, I think we get back a little bit to the rotation where we're going to see multiple guys yes. doing multiple things. But like, I still, I'm hopefully optimistic um, that Dobbs is still going to get you know a mostly full time role. I, I think it's pretty clear that he's the best wide receiver on the team. Um, we saw that in July and August too. Um, so I still like him. Definitely don't like him as much as I did last week though. Um, especially in a game that I think Packers will pretty much just control. And then it's like picking a a green Bay running back is, you know, it's not like one or the other goes off. It's just like they neither, neither of them ever go off except for the occasional. I mean, this would be the matchup. No. Yeah. Freaking Hoyer. Yeah. But which one, which one do you play? AJ Dillon's cheaper, right? Yeah. 
And he's seen better usage. Um, he makes more sense on FanDuel where you don't get the full PPR. But even I, I thought Aaron Jones would be way more involved as a pass catcher, and that's just not not materialized. He looks yeah. great, though. But yeah, He does um, look great, but yeah. I think he's yeah. averaging like a missed tackle per carry or something yeah. insane like that. He's leading the league in missed tackles per touch. Yeah. Um, I think uh, Jacoby Myers would have been a really good play with Jari Alexander questionable. Um, and then Ramondre Stevenson could have been a really good play. You saw my exclusive drives tweet. Uh, but I think with Brian Hoyer, they're both dust. Um, I also tweeted about Aaron Rodgers and, and Wes Huber wrote him up as he is far and away the best quarterback in football against cover one and cover three, which New England trots out, trots out at a league high like 80% of the time. And I think that's significant. Um, Alan Lazard kind of has a sneaky ma- uh, matchup because New England's really vulnerable against the slot. And they've been using him there like nearly 40% of the time. Um, so I think that's at least a little interesting. And then Romeo Dubs, obviously, like he looked awesome all camp. He looked awesome all last week. He should get more work. He's being hyped up. He has a connection with Rodgers. Um Tanyan is like vaguely in play. I'm, I'm not going to play him, but like I get the arguments. Um, but I think you could just fade this game and be fine. Yeah. Um, I think Tanyan's a little interesting too, Scott. Uh, route share increased last week, targets increased. I mean, it was still at what, like 55% route share though? Yeah, I know. And that was with Watson out? Yeah. I mean, we're chasing touchdowns. Tanyan's a, a decent bet. Um, I, I still like. Uh, I still like Njoku quite a bit more, but yeah, he was like the other guy I want to mention. Um, alrighty, boys. Are so we gonna make a lineup or no? Um, we can. Let's do it. All right, give me a second. I'll open up a new browser here. Question is: first question, pay up or pay down a quarterback? Well. Depends if you want to play Baker Mayfield or not. <laughs> oh boy! All right, here, Ben. I'm going to share my screen. Next week, who does Arizona play next week? That's what you do. Definitely don't play Baker. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm not using two monitors, but I have this one. Oh my God! Arizona plays Jalen Hurts next week. Oh baby. <laughs> Oh, baby. All right. Let's get it going here. Uh, Scott, what was your question? If you want to pay up or pay down? Yeah, let's do a chalky bill. Let's do Diggs, Andrews, and you can pick between Allen and Lamar, and then we'll go from there. Johnny can help us get unique. Uh, You said Diggs and Andrews. Start there. Um. Proctor, quarterback. You want to do Allen with Diggs? Um, yeah, I guess we might as well. All right. All right. Um, so I guess if we're if we're going like chalk game stack, we probably shouldn't play Richie James. Um. Let's see. Cody Freeman. Yeah, well, I was going to say we could do that or we could do one of the Jacksonville guys. Like, uh, 
Zay or Marv. I mean, I don't know if Zay is going to play. Yeah, By the way, the, the guy Zay who's, according to our sources, Tim Jones would be the Zay Jones replacement. I don't think he's ever run, ran a route in the NFL. But. It's the white dude, right? I have no idea. Oh. Is he the white dude? No, no I, I, there's a there's a white dude on the. No, that's not him. I'm thinking of a different guy on the on the Lions. Never mind. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I think We're it's your one wide receiver spot. Yeah, I think you're you're bumping Marvin Jones. I don't think you're really playing other guys in Jacksonville if Zay is out. I mean, it's a, a shitty matchup for everyone except for Kirk, so I think just play Kirk. And it looks like Avante Maddox is going to miss, so. Um, no, I'm just trying to think of uh, another one of these, like, three or four K guys to see um, how. I kind of liked um, Scott's Raymond take. He's not going to pop in, in optimizers yet, obviously, but I think that makes a lot of sense. I'm fine with that. All right, so Raymond's in there. Um, Scott, I mean, the play this year has been to pay down at running back all year. I think this is another week for it. So we want to play uh, – Herbert, since we have Raymond in there. Yeah, sure. Even we're it's chalk. It's chalky, but yeah, screw it. Proctor, what are your thoughts on, on running back? Um, yeah, I think Herbert's fine. The one thing I was thinking, though, is maybe we scratch Diggs. And or Or play none of them. Just go with an Allen, Andrews. I like stack. McKenzie. I'd play McKenzie. Then we can go with... McKenzie, because I think uh, you're pretty heavily owned. Like to play Allen with Diggs and Herbert. Yeah. This is like the perfect matchup for McKenzie, too. Ravens have been terrible against slot Mm -hmm. slot receivers. The only good problem is we all saw the offensive coordinators meltdown, and that was because of McKenzie. So maybe it's a Jamison Crowder week. True. Uh, yeah, right. I like it. So we got Allen with McKenzie, bring it back with Andrews. We got Herbert in there and Raymond. So we should have plenty of money to pay up at running back or receiver if we want at least twice. Yeah. And do we want to play, Man, play love- Chicago play Chicago defense with Herbert? Ooh, yeah, good call. Good call. Go get that in. I, I love Saquon this week. But, yeah. Um, let's go to receiver. I mean, I know the price is up, but I still like Kirk at six thousand six hundred. Honestly, yeah, good with that. Yeah, 
He's still too cheap. Um, so what does that leave us with? We need RB1 and a flex. Yeah, how much do we have? You want to just do Saquon and then optimize? See, see what well, we, have, we have Bears D and Herbert. Oh, right. Um, we could play. Could we play JT with this team? I don't think we need to. But... Don't. Yeah, I don't doubt we would be able to fit him. Yeah. Um, nope. We could play Miles Sanders. Yeah, a little game stack with. We forgot to talk, we forgot to talk about him. <clears throat> he was like massive chalk last week in tournaments. Still got you know, sixteen touches. Just didn't have a great game. I mean, he's really the leverage off of Hertz, and yeah, you're kind of fighting Hertz teams when you play <clears throat> this stack. All right, I'm I'm down with it. He's, I mean, it makes a ton of sense. I mean, Hertz has not been throwing passing touchdowns and getting all the rushing scores. So if that flips, then right um so where does that leave us at flex for how much 5300 right. uh, we kind of didn't talk about Ramondre, but hoyer dumps off to running backs a ton so if you're gonna play a patriot i think he's my favorite but i don't like him for this team just saying um Avante confirmed out. Yeah, Kirk's a great play. Yeah. Must guys, play. I think he's a must play. Yeah. What do you guys you think guys, about that? You guys are betting props. Kirk's prop is 59 and a half. I bet it this morning. So if you guys want to get on that. Jack it up. I think it should be like 62, 63. Um, so we got one position left here. Yeah, it's pretty gross. Just hit yeah, optimize. <clears throat> You're gonna get someone like DJ Moore or something. Yeah, it'll be so, deep. It will. Don't we let's scrap McKenzie. We're gonna play Rondale. All right. And then we have sixty six hundred to play one of the guys that we like. Because <laughs> Alan Allen will always be the guy that I'm okay not picking. You know, I mean you you want to win the Millie maker. Yeah. You should pair Allen with somebody on every team, but you're we in like a thousand with, man. Compare him with Gabe right now. Could. I mean that if we, if we just say, you know, pick your own adventure at uh, the 6,600 mark, you know, you've got Sutton, you've got Gabe, you've got Cooper. 63. Yeah. Right. I mean, that, all those guys are great plays. Drake I say yeah, hit hit optimize because I, I have to go pee anyway. You'll probably get Sutton, I think. Uh, it flexed Miles in. Sanders. Gross. No, it flex, no, it flexed in Javante. Oh, I like that. Who who picked Sanders? I did. Yeah. Why? As because in, he's your competition. You're competing right. against Jalen Hurts teams when you play. Right, right, right. When you play Josh Allen. Okay. All right. And cool. Sanders is still getting like 16 touches a week. He was like 18% owned in the Millie Maker yeah, last they're, week. They're like they're like empty touches. They're like carries in between the 20s. They are they were this week and last week. Week one, they weren't. Yeah. Well, no, week one, uh every running back had a goal line carry and a touchdown. And because well, they took they took Sanders out of the game because they oh, were like okay, okay, right. dunking on them, and then the Lions came back. Got it. All right, I have to go pee. I love you guys. Yeah, I, I gotta, hope you enjoy the show. I gotta go too. Uh guys, thanks for listening. For Ben, 
for Scott, for John, I'm Graham. We'll catch you guys next week.